Hey guys, welcome back to the Yolk Christian Podcast. This is Jared Montana here today, and I'm going to be reading to you the book of Philippians. It's a really short book, and I think it's really good because, you see, the thing about it is Paul, while he wrote Philippians, he was in prison. And you'll see a common theme throughout the book, this book, and it's about finding joy. So I'm just going to get right into it. Chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, so that would be the pastors, elders, such of that, like, you know, modern terms, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness how I long for you all with my affection of Christ Jesus. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Verse 12. Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress, or progress, progress? There we go. Progress of the gospel. So that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. And that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice." Yes, I will rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. For if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which to choose. But I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. In no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, and that too from God. For to you it has been granted, for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. Chapter 2. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being out of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. 
Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory, because I did not run in vain, nor toil in vain. But even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. You too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, so that I also may be encouraged what I, when I learn of your condition. For I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. welfare. For they all seek after their own interests, not those of Christ Jesus, but you know of his proven worth that he served with me in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. Therefore, I hope to send him immediately as soon as I see how things go with me. And I trust in the Lord that I myself also will be coming shortly. But I thought it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger and minister to my need. Because he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For indeed he was sick to the point of death, but God had mercy on him and not only on him, but also on me so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I have sent him all the more eagerly so that when you see him again, you may rejoice and I may be less concerned about you. Receive him then in the Lord with all joy and hold men like him in high regard because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was deficient in your service to me. Chapter 3. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumcision, for we are the true circumcision, who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Although I myself might have a confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I, I far more circumcise the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in a view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ." And may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. I'm reading the NASB version, by the way. 
verse 13, chapter 3. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but yet one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk of whom I often told you and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we are also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform to the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory, by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Man, this reads weird. Chapter 4. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I urge Euodia, and I urge Syntyche, these are two people, to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement, also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, of, whatever is of good repute, is there any excellence? And if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Now that I speak from what I want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, but I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And that is the entire book of Philippians. If you caught it, I'm just going to kind of recap. Again, he's writing to these people in, uh, in Philippi, uh, and that's why the book's called Philippians. And so he's in prison, and he's talking about the joy that he has despite being in a bad situation. Um, and so a lot of times, chapter 4, verse 13 is taken out of context. We hear it. I'll read it again. We hear it all, all the time. It says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And what he's talking about in the context of that, he's like, I've experienced prosperity and abundance, and I've also experienced um, the opposite of that, 
uh, hard times. <laughs> Words, hello. And so that's what he means by all things. So a lot of people use that, say, I can do all things through Christ. And, and while God can certainly do miraculous things, the context of this is not that sports players can go and win a game. The context of this is that in the midst of all circumstance, we can endure, essentially is what it means. And so um, endure is a, a popular word that Codus and I mentioned on this podcast. And, and it means to suffer patiently. And I find it interesting that Paul is able to find joy in the midst of his endurance. So he's, he's finding joy in the midst of his suffering, uh, his patient suffering. And, uh, and so he's able to write to, the, to Philippi, the people in uh, Philippi, the Philippians, and, and tell them to find joy in the midst of suffering. And he thanked them actually for, for blessing him and giving to him while he's been in times of need. And he said, like, nobody else is giving to me except for you, and I want to thank you. And he's saying, like, that sacrifice, God's going to bless it, is what he says at the end of uh, chapter 4. And, uh, and he says, not that I seek the gift itself, you know, the gifts that he gave or they gave him, but I seek for the profit, which increases to your account. And so he's essentially saying, uh, God's going to bless you for it. You know, there's this, uh, there's this lady in my life. It's my mom's best friend. And, um, I used to hang out with her a good bit and in it, um, she always, it was, it was always funny because whenever she'd offer to buy my meal, like her and her husband and, and their family, they'd offer to buy my meal or my food or whatever. And they would say, don't rob me of my blessing. Uh, she was always really keen on saying that because now we don't do things for blessings, but we do know based off of this that we do have a, a profit which increases to our account, according to Paul. Or in other words, we do receive blessings for blessing others. Um, so anyways, I think that just comes as an overflow of what the blessings that God has given us, we should be blessing others. Uh, after all, the things that he gives us isn't ours alone. He gives us things so that we can use it to glorify him, right? So anyways... That is, uh, that is Philippians. Uh, I'm sure I could talk another 30 minutes on on really just summarizing. It's a really good book. Um, highly recommend it. Chapter 4 is, is where it's at. That's my favorite. Or sorry. Uh, that's my favorite chapter of this book. Um, so anyways, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is, is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. So I leave you with that. Dwell on those things. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right. Uh, that's going to be chapter 4, verse 8. So um, I thank you all. Thank you all for listening. And apologies for the, the, the lack of content here recently. Um, it's been a wild ride. Um, really has been. With So Codus moved down to Georgia, and he's busy tonight. Uh, I just wanted to kind of put something out there. And, um, you know, it's, it's been wild. It's been but we've been, we've been good, so we're we're coming back to it. Anyways, um, thank you all for listening, and uh, <laughs> Godspeed.